Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, June 16th, and we are going to have a beautiful day with a high of 20 degrees here in the Edmonton region. Yeah, maybe. What's that supposed to mean? Wow, that's, oof, ugh, clear out the negative energy. Gross. You told me right before the show started that the milk had gone bad and I had to use oat milk. And I, 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 I got away from oat milk for a while and now it's like switching over to oat milk. It's like a very, I just took my first sip and it's like, gah, that's not how you want to start your day. Okay. Don't do, do, need to project it onto others. Oh, everybody needs to know. <laughs> Everyone needs to know. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, the sun's shining. Like we haven't it seen literally, the sun in It days. literally is shining. And yeah. all of that does not matter one bit. Because I got half a splash of oat milk in my coffee. Hey, everybody, stay away from Wayne today. No, you know what? You know what? That it's something that some things need to be said. Some things Not need to that. be said. Very selfish. <laughs> Lindsay's in the comments here. Wayne, tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know how quickly, how quickly we can, you know, how quickly we can be triggered and set off course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's got their thing. You know, Matt. Matt's in the comments here. It's like it's 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 all about the oat milk. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of time to. You use know that. what though? Like it, like oat milk. It's so much more mild than like almond milk or like those types of things. So like it was actually a pretty easy transition. Yeah. Like when I found out that I couldn't have like most dairy anymore. It was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then somebody, my sister actually was like, oat milk, it's like the most mild of like all of the alternatives and it was an easy transition. This is a half and half. Yeah, so it's like, a creamer. I'm I'm used to like a splash of milk and then I just got a splash of half of and creamer. half yeah. oat. So it's like, I there's just too much in there. Yeah, it's a punch. It's, it, it was a huge punch. Yeah. Huge punch in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um, uh, Garrett's got a really solid question, though. A really, like, a, a legit question. How the hell do you milk an oat? <laughs> That's what I want to know. And I'm not against the whole oat milk industry. Like, I'm not. I'm not making any statements here. Uh, I'm not making. You know, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to split the room. But uh, I, I, I think. I think the point is that um, how how easily we can be set off track from our from 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 our goals. You know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that this is probably going to set me, you know, back a few days of, um, doing some important tasks, you know, in our business. Everybody's got to think, <laughs> okay. I, like you guys got dumb shit too. Don't, 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 don't judge me. You guys got your own dumb shit. Okay. I know I've heard some pretty dumb excuses over the years of why you haven't done the things that you need to do in order to, to succeed. Mine just happens to be milk. <laughs> okay, so may I? Yeah, let's go on. Um, oat milk is rolled oats and water blended together and strained to take the pulp out. 
They all laughed at him, eh? They all laughed at the first guy that milked an oat. <laughs> and look at him now. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. I it's Yeah. <laughs> uh we're broadcasting live. This is not um this was not planned. This is live. Um, I took that first sip and that's what I wanted to talk about this morning. Um, and you can join in live too, to the live show. If you just, uh, download the Podbean app and, uh, subscribe to real estate investing morning show on that app, the Podbean app. And, uh, you know, you could, you could, jo- you could join in the chat like everybody here that we're all talking about oat milk this morning. Um, <laughs> you can also click the call in button, which I see we have a caller calling in right away, but I always get I always get my hopes up because some people when they're just clicking buttons they accidentally click the call in button. So um, I'll, I'll just wait a second here just to see if it's a legit call in and, and if that's the case then yeah we're gonna we're gonna answer the phone and um, you know this caller is gonna have talk a question. Talk to a real person. Talk to a real person, <laughs> a real boy. Um, and Joey, uh, is that you? Was it Joey yesterday that I called a real boy? A real boy, Joey, <laughs> Joey Pinocchio. Um, Joey Pinocchio is such like a badass, like Italian. That is, man. yeah. Jay, it's Joey Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Rob does not want to join. Rob just has uh, two fingers. <clears throat> uh, yes. Okay, so just kind of scrolling through the comments here. Um, yeah, if you guys want to join in live too and get your questions answered, this is free coaching every morning, Monday through Friday, six a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, get your questions answered. <laughs> Rob says, oops, fat finger. That's <laughs> yeah, all good, buddy. It's all good. Um, okay, I did see a question here. Was there a question? Um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Jeremy was talking about almonds, almond milk, yeah. Oh, almond, same thing. Almond water blend, remove pulp. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Jeremy says, so Wayne and Gabby have a new property? Always got new properties. Um, uh, two new properties, two new, well, I got three if you, if you were at the flip tour. Um, yeah, we got two new properties. We just, uh, secured another one yesterday. What? Nothing. Um, you know, like we, um, so our St. Albert project, um, Loyola is pending. Um, so that one's about to be hopefully fingers crossed, um, off of our, our books. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Corinthia's wrapping up here. Uh, we should have it listed very, very soon. So mm-hmm. that's going to be off our, our book soon. So as properties go, properties need to come. Yeah. That's how business works, right? Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, can't just stop. Yeah. Then your business is done. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's just I think it's just um, it's hard for people to. I, I get comments like that. Another one. Another one? I'm like, yeah, I buy lots. I buy them all the time. Um, I did a post yesterday. I said, the sooner you start treating your real estate investing mm-hmm. like a business, the sooner you'll start seeing success. Yeah, that's it right there. Like it's just a business. I don't even I don't even get emotional about it anymore. Yeah. Um, I've got lead generation. I look at the leads. I process them and analyze them very quickly make my offers um it, it makes things so much easier it makes makes things so much faster now yesterday was a bit of a 
it was a bit of um, a little crazy because like I had a lot of things on my plate already and then I needed to jump through some hoops in order to get out to the city to go and do an inspection. But um, otherwise, it's 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 pretty easy to do once you really once you build a good system and build a good business and you get the right people around you. It's it's just like any other business. It takes some time to get started. It takes some time to, you know, you got to do your research and development. You know, you got to you got to get to know your market. You got to get to know, you know, what products you're going to use and, 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 and create a template, a business plan, and then just hire the right people or partner with the right people. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Let it, let it, let it get to work. Right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yep. So we got, uh, that new one we were looking at yesterday. Um, that was in, uh, mill woods, uh, Gabby has not, has not seen it. Nope. But it's right around the corner from one of our properties. We've been down that street many times and I know exactly what house it is. Yeah. Yeah. Not a terrible house. No. Um, original. Yeah. Like ridiculously original. This thing was, um, extremely stylish in the eighties. <laughs> I can't wait to show Gabby some of it. Um, is it. This is the one that you posted the picture of like the five different flooring types within like a circular span, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm very excited. I kind of want I kind of want to do another open house there before we do demo because I want people to see the style that's in there and like the hanging lights and even um, this, uh, the 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 soap bar like holder in the bathroom matches, and I mean that thing is like original, just the soap <laughs> bar uh, holder. And there's there's one in each bathroom. It's it's crazy. Is it like one of those seashell? Yeah, kind of, sorta. <laughs> yeah, but it's like this this woman took real good care of this house. Yeah. The only the only thing that doesn't look good. Is that when she took all the pictures and all the crosses down, there's smoke stains all the way around. Yeah. Like every wall's got smoke stains. So I, I just pictured her with like a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and her just like cleaning all day. That's like she took real good care of the house. Interesting. Except, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you picture the 19, you know, the 70s where mom's at home and she's just like vacuuming all day and like, and like cleaning the counter and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's, that's what this feels like. It feels like straight out of that 70s show. So that's cool. <laughs> I just want to, I, no, like I know, to, I know, I know. I like to create imagery. Do you want me to go further? I was just, I was just about to like randomly say something and I wanted to conclude that like, Oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, when, feel free to change the subject. No, but yeah. when you were talking about how it was original and like all of those things that you were like talking about and and I said, was the soap dish like one of those seashells? Yeah. Immediately, I was like transformed back to, I wasn't born in the 70s. I wasn't alive in the 70s, but the 80s. And like, I remember like this, like all the grandparents having like the seashell dish soap holders and stuff. Mm-hmm. And whatever happened to bath beads? As a boy, do you remember bath beads? Or no. is that like a girl thing? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're just trying to protect your sexuality. Whoa. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> <Me>? <laughs> so, 
someone back enough? someone back me up in the comments here. I want to know what happened to bath beads. I like I haven't thought about them in in three decades, and I want to know what happened to bath beads. <laughs> okay, Jeremy doesn't know what bath beads are either. Okay, I'll leave it at no that. No one's gonna admit it. <laughs> expect Jeremy to admit it? I'm I'm going to like do some extensive research and <laughs> post about them today. Robbie says I think they use them in bubble tea now, which means that Robbie I don't know <laughs> if he's joking or not. He is. I I mean if he if okay, cuz that cuz it seems like a really funny joke, but I'm I feel like I don't really understand They the were joke. like these little like um like the shell, the shells would like dissolve into the bath and they were like almost kind of like slimy before they dissolved, but inside was just like soap, like it was for the bath. And so you would like grab like a handful of these things and like get to play with them as they like slowly disappeared. It was kind of, I guess, like a modern day or like today's like bath bomb, how the bath bomb like all fizzles and disappears. Same thing with bath. I love all the confident men in the comment section today. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's not there's there's nothing cooler than a man that's confident enough to say that yep I had bath beads. <sighs> oh, Shirley says I got some two years ago at Bed Bath and Beyond. There you go, they exist. Think of gushers, but filled with soap. Okay, so yes, what, who said that? What direction <laughs> are we going with this show? Just curious. <laughs> Thirteen minutes in. Who said gushers? Uh, Robbie. Oh, I don't see that comment, but yes, it's exactly it. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining me. This house to be pretty interesting. Uh, the problem <clears throat> with this particular house was cracks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So last week I asked on my Facebook page um, who had experience with cracks, and that's why we hadn't wanted to put an offer in on a on a yeah. place, but wanted to make sure <clears throat> that we had the right person giving us the right advice on the cracks cracks in the foundation not just a good name for a band (laughs) damn yeah that is a good band right yeah yeah it's an alternative band yeah cracks in the foundation (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm practicing practicing my comedic silence <laughs> how's it going um yeah there was quite a few and uh I, I mean i'm not i'm trying to but i'm i'm not quite an expert in in foundation cracks yet and i think you learned a lot yesterday i did learn a lot actually <laughs> i um i made i made sure that i asked some very good questions to um um to a specialist who was very open to answering them um and for him, <clears throat> in some cases, people kind of hold that, that shit to their chest. You know what I mean? They don't yep. want to tell you. They'll just tell you how much it costs. But, you know, to him, uh, because he knew, um, sorry, I have to, because he knew who I was in the business that I'm going to bring, right? Because he'd look me up and because he knew the, the amount of business that I'm going to be bringing in because of like, obviously you can tell the amount of volume that we're doing. Um, not to mention the fact of the influence that we have in, you know, the real estate investing um, industry. Um, and a podcast, you know, people like that, are, they, they, they see that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very good um, prospect for, for a good long-term client, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so when I ask questions like, 
you know, how much is how 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 can I price this without calling you? You know what I mean? Because he was he was very open, like, hey, you, you ever got a property? You just let me know, and I'll come out within a few hours, and I'll and uh, and and I'll and I'll come out and I'll tell you what you know how much it's going to be, and and if it's a go or a no go. And I'm like, okay, just give me a five minute course, give me a five minute little masterclass on this, on how to price it. Okay, so do I just measure it out? And 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 what's a go or no go? And how do I know whether we need to use a certain kind of filler as opposed to the other filler, epoxy or urethane, whichever it is? I can't remember. I wrote it all down. Um, and he walked me through it like a quick five minute yeah. little masterclass. And I said, by you telling me that, that means that I don't have to drag your ass out to the other side of the city, you know, on a moment's notice because I'm I move pretty quickly. Um, I don't know when I'm going to check out a house. A lot of times, it's 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 within a few hours. So this way I can kind of have a look at a property and I can determine how much it's going to be and whether it's a go or no go. And then, you know, if I really need your help, then I can just FaceTime you real fast or do a quick video and send it to you by text. And then you can just tell me, okay, that area right there is going to need to be resupported, yada, yada. Right. So it's really good. Um, That helps me because the more I don't want to become an expert. He started diving deeper and I even I I told him "Eh, that's enough. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't want to become yeah. an expert. I just want to know enough so that I can make decisions really quickly yeah, and then bring in the right people afterwards, right? I just want to know enough. I'm going to repeat that so that I can make quick decisions. That's what I do. That's all I do. I just make decisions. People send me stuff. I analyze it very quickly. I make a decision and I pass it off to the other person. So again, by him, he was willing to do that because he knew of the value that I brought. And that right there is what you call brand rubbing no just brand (laughs) i mean yeah he's he's rubbing our brand as well (laughs) there is a little bit of brand rubbing in there which is obviously a part of our our workshop um (laughs) just just branding yeah you know what i mean he recognized that my brand was strong yeah the brand the brand is strong with me (laughs) okay (laughs) He recognized that there's opportunity yeah. by, by having me as a client, yeah. right? And he's going to take good care of me. And he's going to, like, he gave me a really good deal too because he knew of the business that's going to be coming his way. Yeah. Like, I mean, you guys are all in some form of business, whether it be sales, you know, for a company or whether you own your own company, you know, there's always that client that you're like, I really want that client because if, cli- if I get that client, I'm going to get so much more business. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. So, you know, it's when I, when I establish myself as a, you know, when you establish yourself as a reputable real estate investor who has influence, it's not just for joint venture partners. It's not just for, you know, um, for your wholesaling business. It's for vendors as well. Yeah. Like I get really good deals on a lot of stuff because of the fact that I have influence. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to take it as far as we have. Right. Sometimes it's as simple as just, you know, Maybe a tenth, you know what I mean? A tenth of, 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 of the brand that we have. It will create amazing opportunities for you. But once you start getting a taste for it, yeah. you know what I mean? Once you start realizing, holy crap, like because I built this, I've gotten all of this extra stuff. Yeah. It, the incentives, the dividends that you get from it is, is it, it, it's amazing. So, you know, we got a really good deal on the, on the, on the quote for the crack repair. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, therefore I was able to say, go ahead with that property because yeah. that was the one thing I was concerned about. 
I was I wasn't sure, you know, when you hear people say numbers of like thirty thousand dollars, you know, to repair all that, and I'm like, oh god, that's that's gonna ruin the deal. Yeah. To find out it was only like six grand. Yeah. Easy. Do you know that they dropped that property, the price of that property by forty thousand dollars? Because of the cracks. Because had, that's had, yeah. yeah. That well, that's scare like they probably think that they're targeting a homeowner mm -hmm. and that's scary to most people to like homeowners, yeah. cracks like well even when you told me like yeah it's i think your words were like it's cracked to shit or something like that mm -hmm. i was just like what are you doing wayne like get out of there like <laughs> no, I... but because it is it's like it's got this thing where it's just like oh my god cracks but like yeah it was um, a it was a perfect storm that deal yeah. It's a perfect storm because it was listed too high for any investor to notice it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it was in decent enough condition in in a in an area that doesn't really have that much of a spread, right? Between the purchase price and the ARB, that most people aren't looking at that. Yeah. And then it just happened to drop forty thousand dollars from the list price. And I'm like, what's going on here? Only after 15 days. Okay. So it just it just started creeping into where someone might notice it as an investor. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and I had to take a peek at it because why would someone drop $40,000 after 15 days? What that told me right there, what I saw, the indication that I saw was that someone had it locked up under contract. There was a home inspection and they didn't like something and they backed out. They didn't remove conditions. So it went back on the market and the seller dropped it by $40,000 because they got desperate. What would, could they possibly drop? What could possibly dro make them drop it by $40,000? Mm -hmm. I can see the roof. The roof is good. It's new, right? So there's only two other big ticket items and that's windows and foundation, right? And I can see the windows in the pictures. So I knew, I knew without even going there that it was foundation. It was going to be an issue, right? And as soon as we walked in the basement, you could see all the walls are exposed. It's all right there. It's an unfinished basement. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. <clears throat> I, um, but they dropped it by $40,000 because the, I can only assume that the, the previous person who had it under contract probably said, put in a conditional offer. They got a home inspection. They got some crack specialist in there and they said, Oh, it's going to cost this much money. And, you know, it probably scared them. Right. Or they didn't know anything. They probably didn't even notice the cracks, to be honest. A home buyer, do you think a home buyer, like rewind, say, 10, 12 years ago, would you have known anything? Um, no, but I think it depends, like, how, how obvious they are. Sure. Like, I don't notice, but, uh, I still don't notice little cracks. I, what I'm trying to say is like re rewind to like you're walking into a house. It's the first time you walked into a house and thinking about buying it. You probably got your dad with you because you don't know shit about shit. Mm -hmm. And then you and your dad notices it or you notice it, you're like, oh, the house is cracked. Yeah. This is terrible. No, I'm not buying this house. It's yeah, it's yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. That's that's, you know, how how muggles look at it. Yeah. Right. So when you're, when you only have home buyers looking at it because it was in that price range of that's like, again, investors were not looking in that price range. And, and then you hear that and this, and the, the realtor tells the other realtor, 
hey, you know, they said that this this found that the house is no good. It needs to be, you know, um, torn down. Mm-hmm. The realtor tells this old woman who's moving into a retirement home. Um, as far as I know, that's, that's the story I've heard. Uh, and then she's like, okay, well, it's empty now and I need to get this thing sold. So they dropped it by $40,000. And to find out it only costs $6,000 to repair it, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And I didn't even need to try. I didn't need to, to, to use negotiation tactics. I didn't need to, you know, lock it up and do a home inspection and say, well, here's, here's the quote for how much this is going to cost. It barely even needed to try. It was, it was, like I said, it was a perfect storm, perfect timing. Yeah. And I just happened to see it, uh, when it popped up in the email and I apologize, Gabby, I know that I said I would slow down a little bit. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, when you see an opportunity like that with mm-hmm. a huge spread, like it is, you just got to jump on it. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that one. It's it's very similar um, square footage and layout to the the Loyola project in St. Albert. Yeah, it's a big 2,200 square foot house, <clears throat> and uh, we spent a bit of time there yesterday, just like standing in the corner of the room and really getting a good idea of you know what kind of layout we can do, mm-hmm. uh, so we can open it up. Yeah, I didn't tell you about that yesterday. Um, we can open it up, and it's going to look really nice, cool. really nice. Um, so yeah, very excited about that. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's been some chitter chatter. You're talking about eggs. Um, Amanda wants to know, how are you calculating your ARV right now? Are you factoring a possible drop in property values in three to four months? Mm, no, just based off the last six months. Um, there's no signs or indications that property values are going to drop. And if I, if I operate my business like that, then I'm never going to buy a property, right? If prices drop off, it will be, it'll be something that happens and that we are exposed to that risk at all times. Yeah. Um, and if they do, then that means a couple of my properties will break even. Plain and simple, right? Uh, there's, a, you know, the profit spread is always enough to kind of cover that risk of, you know, finding something, which is only a few things you can really find when you're, you know, completely renovating the whole house. Yeah. And as well, in the events that the, you know, prices drop dramatically over three months, and that, that, that needs to be something dramatic, like, yeah. you know, Southern Ontario dropping, you know, a ridiculous yeah. amount very quickly. But that market is extremely volatile, which we've yeah. known that for a very long time. Yeah. That's why I like the stability of the Edmonton and Alberta market. Sorry, the big city, uh, big city uh, Alberta markets. Um, because that doesn't happen very much. I like, it's not, we're not getting crazy rich off of appreciation every year, but at the same time, the stability is what I love. Yeah. And the the probability of, of, of properties dropping off very quickly is very, very low. But yeah. if it does happen, and that means I just break even on a couple of my properties. Yeah. But when you're doing volume at the end of the year, I'm still making money. The other the thing that I, yeah. the other thing that I find and this like might be a silly little comment, but the thing that I find with property values is that like, even though we've had very little like slight increases and slight decreases over, you know, the years is that <clears throat> mainly where you see the impact is on like older inventory that like 
that isn't mm-hmm. like you know what I mean like not you're newly renovated not you're like newly built um like brand new like people are always willing to pay a premium when they're getting something brand yeah. new where when the when the prices drop and that sort of thing it's usually like oh that like kind of mediocre product I'm not going to pay that much for it anymore mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah absolutely. so and like I said it, that's that's no science that's no that's just kind of like a personal comment on how I see things absolutely you know when you're dealing with something that you just freshly renovated like to the nines and you're ready to put it on the market and it's gorgeous people pay premium for that well pull up realtor.ca right now and pick a neighborhood <clears throat> pick a neighborhood where there's a where there's a likelihood of having you know a newly renovated property and I want you to look and just look at all the listings that are there right now it's probably 20 properties in that neighborhood and tell me how many of them are completely renovated by a professional you know flipper there's not many, yeah. right? Most of the properties are either renovated by the homeowner, which they look okay. You know, they it's Costco flooring, nice paint. They probably could put it. They added their own little, <clears throat> they made it their own. You know what I mean? They added their own feature wall, but it's not like the kind of feature wall a, a flipper would use or a builder. So, so a lot of them, they look nice. They have good flowers and, you know, good landscaping and stuff like that. But none of them are, are t- to the to compare to, you know, what a flipper is going to do and renovate it like completely brand new. Mm-hmm. So when a property like ours comes up on the market, it's the nicest on, it's nicest in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. And that's my, that's our belief is that when you put, when you build the nicest house on the street, people are going to fight over it because it's different as opposed to like, you know, the 10 other houses on the street that are, renovated but again it's costco flooring a few of the pieces are separated you know there's some paint touch-ups on the wall you know you've got that i don't know the windows are 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 original but they've replaced the trim and the capping on the outside you know what i mean like all of ours have brand new windows new roof new furnace not water tank the new flooring new paint you know brand new kitchen that's never been used before it's polished you know what i mean there's there's no hand towels on the on the uh, on the stove you know what I mean? Or the oven hanging over it. No, it's all brand new and it looks brand new. And so that, that again, that right there that will always sell quickly. If you do it, if you do it right and you use the styles and the, and the, the features and stuff that are in the new builds currently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why I like the problem. We, we really reduce the probability of, of, of being affected uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a there was a comment earlier about you know, ten days to 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 sell Loyola. I don't think it was ten days. I think it was like no, three or four. Yeah, we got the offer on the fourth uh, yeah. fourth day. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, and it was, and it's right. It's just a pinch under um, the asking price. We were really hoping for. Um, um, uh, what do you call? It? Yeah. Well, we li- we listed it exactly where we expected the ARV to be, like when we started the project. Yeah hoping because we bought it when the market was climbing that we could take advantage of getting multiple offers. multiple offers over and ended up getting uh, like a couple uh, a couple grand under yeah. offer so we're very happy with that yeah still profits really well yeah um i mean we we're really hoping for it we wanted to get it done as quickly as possible so we can you know take advantage of that really hot market but yeah. the market kind of settled down and there's still lots of people looking there's still lots of offers coming in just not 20 offers and lineups outside. Um, the media has a lot to do with that. They, you know, the media dictates the frenzy. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, if, if a news article came out today <clears throat> that here you go here, here uh, clip this and put it put it on your uh, on your social media today. Um, interest rates are going up again by another 0.75%. So everyone in Edmonton is buying a house now to take advantage of these low interest rates. <laughs> That'd be a different story. See how I just changed that? Yeah. As opposed to like interest rates are going up. It's not a good time to buy. You know what I mean? If like, cause the CBC and CTV and, and all this global and everything else and, yeah. and what it fill in the blanks. Yeah. The way that they but spin it, spin yeah. that headline will determine how 60 to 80 percent mm-hmm. of the muggles react in the market. The reason why it was so hot was because, yes, Toronto investors and uh, you know, out of province investors were seeing that there was a frenzy, but it wasn't, it wasn't the uh, out of province investors, they, they were reacting to the frenzy from the home buyers because the home buyers were the ones that were lining up. Yeah, it wasn't out of province investors that were lining up making uh, uh, over asking um, offers. It was the 20 people that were lined up outside as soon as the listing went live. Right? It was the muggles. It was the locals because they were scared. Because they're like, Oh, shit, I really do need to buy a house. And then out of province investors saw them and they're like, ha ha ha. Now's a good time. This market's hot. Finally, I'm gonna get in on this market and put, you know, no condition offers. So again, talk about like a perfect storm. Yeah. Um, but the second a news article said that and it was slowing down, suddenly nobody's lining up anymore. Yeah. But I'm sure, I'm certain if two articles came out today that said interest rates are going up again next month and you better buy now and lock in on those interest rates, everybody be lining up again. Yeah. Right? And Ontario investors be swooping in again, trying to take advantage of the, while well, it's low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take advantage before it gets high again. Buy low, sell high. For sure. I drove past, um, because I was in that neighborhood, I, I put a bunch of offers um, in and around that area while it was hot. I was putting a lot of offers in. And uh, I drove past a couple of the houses that I put offers in that I lost to. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I there was that one in particular. Is that, it like a cul-de-sac, right? Yeah. There yeah. was that one in particular that was like a, a there was, I think, Liam, Liam, if you're on, it was the one that we saw uh, in Mill Woods. And um, I put a decent offer on it and I found out, uh, what was it? It was, it sold for like $45,000 over asking. Yeah. And like, it shouldn't have. Like it was way, like that person they paid, paid way too much. Way too much. And I drove by and yeah, they're renovating it. Yeah. And they are going to, uh, they're, they're certainly biting their butts right now. <laughs> they are certainly biting their butt because- they overspent big time. Well, I wonder though, like I I wonder it'll be interesting to see if it actually does go back on the market. Like if it was an intended flip and they overspent by that much. Mm-hmm. Or if if they bought it to renovate it and live in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely keep an eye on it. That's really interesting to see because you, like you could probably look back at the offer that you put in and then think, oh, okay, they they went in 45 over. That's what I lost to. And okay, they spent this much. How much are they selling it for? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and try to do the math and see how oopsie. <laughs> yeah. How, how hard they're biting their own butts. Mm-hmm. I think some people, yeah, some people were, uh, they, they over predicted um, or they over. Um, yeah. 
I need a thesaurus. Um, they overspent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, because they thought it was going to keep going up. And, and to be honest, I have a couple properties like that. I'm not afraid to say it. I even said it on the flip tour. I have a couple properties that uh, I I rolled the dice on because yeah. I thought, you know, we're in a bottom right now. We're, we're in a bottom. Like when people look back, you know, years down the road and they're like, oh, I wish I would have bought when it was that low, when it started going up. And, and oh, so it's so sad. You know, it went up $100,000 that year. I should have bought then. I bought a few specifically with that mentality. That's what I don't want is in a few years from now to say like, ah, oh, shit, I really should have bought more. Right. So I bought a few that I overpaid looking back now, even just six weeks later. Um, but I took a chance and you know what, we'll probably break even on those properties, but it's not a big deal. Even if I lose five grand on those properties, I've made enough money on the other properties. It was worth taking a chance because you know, the, the steep, um, the degree of the incline that the market was, was looking like, it looked like it was going to go a different, it was going to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. It looks like potentially there's people talking in headlines and, and groups about how it's going to finally catch up to the to the average um, Canadian Canadian uh, home price, right? Because if you look across Canada, like it's significantly higher, like we're talking fifty percent higher in, in uh, across the rest of the country, um, and it didn't do it. But mm-hmm. you know, I took a chance. And it's not that big of a deal. I think some people went a little overboard, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of butt biting going on in different provinces right now, out of province investors, mm-hmm. which I find funny. <laughs> um, okay, back to the comments. Oh, comments! Okay. I have no clue where we are. Uh, Matt's got a question. Um, question: I'm viewing a property this morning. The owner advised me that that he got the city to scope the sewer line twice a year. Property was built in the sixties. How concerning would this be? Uh, maybe it's just a spelling. I can't quite understand, but I'm viewing a property this morning. The owner advice advised me that he got the city to, sc- to scope the sewer line twice a year. Property- so that means there's probably mature trees on on the property, I'm guessing, or a really old sewer line that is concerned about collapsing. Yeah. Right. So I don't know I, why the city. Yeah, I don't know why the city would be scoping it because <clears throat> the city doesn't normally do that. Unless they were concerned. Unless about they're theirs, con- yeah, their 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 side of the the it's it's on their side, not your side. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I would I would see if you can poke and ask more information on on why and what's going on. Um, Cause he's obviously, if he's given up that information, I don't see why he wouldn't tell you why he's scoping it. Uh, well, you can get a sewer, you can get a sewer line scope yourself. Yeah. And you know, pay whatever 250 bucks, they'll snake it with a camera and they'll, then they'll tell you what's going on with it. Um, and they'll give you advice. It depends on what you're planning on doing with the property as well. Are you planning on keeping it long-term for yourself? Or are you planning on flipping it? Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I'm not, what I'm I'm not trying to say it's oh, it's going to be someone else's problem, but if you're keeping it, you know, I would be concerned about the longevity of it. If you're planning on keeping it as a long-term buy and hold, say at least 10 years. Um, but your home inspector is going to snake it. will be able to determine, you know, 
doesn't need to be repaired. Um, will it last for a long time? Is it made out of like, some of them were made with like, oh God, like tar paper or something like that. Like, like almost like paper mache. Um, and over time it just deteriorates. Um, but I think that the fact that it was built in the sixties doesn't really make a difference. Only what material did they use for the sewer line? Um, you know, after it left the house, because sometimes they cheaped out after it left the house. And as well, um, what condition is it in? But if it is in a shitty condition, then what you do is you go, you call up a company and you get them to quote to replace it. Yeah. So they'll excavate your whole yard. Hopefully there isn't a garage in the way and then they got to tear up the garage and the concrete pad. But, you know, you get them to to quote what it would be to repair it. And it might be uh, anywhere from eight to, you know, $10,000 to get them to repair the line and then, you know, put the grass back and everything else. I, that's kind of like cracks. I kind of, I, I run towards those when people run away from them. I love that. You want to know why? Because you might be able to get a huge discount more than what it's actually going to cost you because of the fact that people are scared of it. Yeah. So the more, you know, um, the more opportunity and the more you can leverage. The other thing I was going to say is, um, that's exactly what I was going to say is once you know what the issue is, then just get the quote, like what's the, what's the quote say, but also, um, there might also just be, um, not a lot of people know a lot about sewers and sewer scopes and maintaining sewer lines and all that kind of stuff. So there might just also be, um, a bit of like language miscommunication. I wonder if he's actually getting a sewer scope twice a year. Or if he's needing to, like, you can hire companies who come and, like, uh, send something down that, like, grinds out the sewer line of, like, tree. So, like, sometimes, like, the the tree roots will have, like, little kind of, like, um, offsprings. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my terminology here isn't great. But that will come through. And so like when you have mature tr uh, trees on the lot, this is common that you would send this grinder down your line just to like, and it like goes through and just like, sorry, you can't see my hands, <laughs> but it you just can, like, you can hear what she's saying. Yeah. yeah. But it just like grinds out those little guys that are just like penetrating through your line. Yeah. And so it just keeps it clear so that basically you don't get a major like clog or something happen. Yeah. Um, which can be very common for mature neighborhoods um, or if you have mature trees on your lot. So that could also be something that he's doing and he just has quite used different term, the wrong terminology. Yeah. So yeah, just try to find out more because yeah, I mean like could be anything. Mm -hmm. uh, Debbie, uh, this is a little bit earlier um, back to when we were talking about you know, having the nice house, nicest house on the street. So basically buy old properties, but make them look brand new. Copy the new. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly it. And I don't know if you've been in any new development um, areas lately. They From the outside, they all look the same. And to be honest, on the inside, they all look the same too. They're all the same layouts. It's, it's, a, it's a cookie cutter thing. They make it super simple. Each builder has five or six different models, right? Yeah. And they're all kind of sort of the same, except they just kind of move the kitchen around a little bit. Yeah. That's it. So um, a lot of people like that. They like the brand new. They like to know that it, there's a warranty on it. They like the new neighborhoods. But there's also a large majority of buyers who like mature neighborhoods. Yeah. Mature neighborhoods with trees, 
you know what I mean? And birds and squirrels, which we don't get yeah. that in new developments. So if you're able to have, find a house that has some character on the outside, right? Yeah. Something different with a huge lot, which, by the mm-hmm. way, in the new developments, you don't get big lots. To have a huge lot, to have curb appeal, character, f- f- mature trees, and then on the inside, it looks just like a show home. Right? That's that's very desirable to people. Yeah. Kind of getting closer to the end of the, 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 the bottom of the comments here. <clears throat> Holy crap, it's 645 already. Yeah. Time flies. Um, I'm so behind that a lot of the comments were on stuff that we talked about yeah. 15 minutes ago. And I apologize when I'm, when I'm going, it's just, I'm, I'm not reading. Otherwise it, I get a huge distraction. Yeah. A lot of it is, um, also just conversation too. We don't need to read out every comment. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, I feel like there was a question from, okay. Well, since we're talking about cracks today, Elray did have a question yesterday. Um, and I can't recall if I answered it up, but I'm going to answer it again. Okay. Um, uh, he said, are you keeping a, a quote unquote crack budget <laughs> if there's drywall and you can't see if there are cracks? Uh, yes. Oh yeah. We didn't, we didn't answer that portion of his question cause that came after. So we did answer his first question about cracks, but Oh, yeah. that was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. Uh, there's always enough of a buffer in the profits, uh, to, to cover us in the events that they're, you know, that we find cracks. Now, if the basement is finished and we're just coming in to replace the flooring and paint and put new trim in and new fixtures, I'm not going to tear down all the drywall to find a crack. We've talked about this a lot. Um, if you've been reading in the comments and joining in live, you'll see there's been a lot of comments about the fact that cracks and foundations are, are just, they're normal. 60, 70% of houses, whatever the, whatever the figure was, um, have cracks. It's normal. It's over time, you know, uh, hot and cold houses shifting and stuff like that. You're going to start to see cracks, especially coming off the high stress points like windows and and, um, and anywhere else. Like there's a cut um, where the integrity has been um, compromised. That's that, that's the that's the likelihood of if there's going to be some sort of a stress. Um, if there's stress in a particular area, that's where cracks will propagate towards, and then they'll just go wherever they go. Um, so it's very common to have vertical cracks. Um, a lot of people never notice them yeah. because if you've got the proper weeping tile outside, you've got proper grading and you've got a sump pump, the water never reaches the crack. If you're preventative, if you have preventative measures in place to keep the water from pooling at the side of your house, at the foundation, it will never reach the crack. The last line of defense is, is, is the actual foundation. Yeah. And if there is a crack in it and if enough, if enough water is, is pulled up there, then yes, it will seep through the crack and come in down the wall to your baseboard. And sometimes you might notice a little bit of water, right? 
but like a, a ridiculous rainfall needs to happen in order for, mm -hmm. for, for you to see anything um, crazy. Okay. So what I'm saying is that with a finished basement where we're coming in um, and we can't see cracks behind walls, I'm not really concerned because a home inspector is not going to be able to tell if there's any cracks unless they have a moisture reader and there happens to be moisture detected, right? Yeah. Otherwise, we're just going to finish it. Until it becomes an issue, then that's typically when people will take the drywall down and have a look and fill the cracks. If I buy a property that is unfinished in the basement, then yes, I'm going to fill all the cracks. I'm going to spend six grand and get them all filled and get them repaired properly, right? Mm -hmm. And then put up the walls, frame it, drywall it, and everything else and move on. Um, but that property that we went to, I'm getting a little off topic here, off track, but that property we went to, I never mentioned this, um, is in Mill Woods, is in a high, what do they call it? Flood? Flood, uh, flood plain? Flood zone? Flood zone. Um, they've done a, extensive work in that in that neighborhood over the last couple, five years. Yes, big time. Um, to, to, to kind of reroute the rainwater. But that's our, our insurance in that area is very high because of the, it's in a flood zone. Yeah. Um, so with that house being in a flood zone and with all those cracks, I went in there yesterday. I thought for sure there was going to be an indoor swimming pool. I thought for sure. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, if I have this, like I'm going to get another $20,000 off for sure. This is like perfect timing for me, like to, to be able to do my inspection right after that big rainfall. And there, it was dry, no moisture whatsoever because they had two sump pumps. And I actually saw them working because they were draining right out into the front yard and the backyard. I was, I was able, I was washing them as it was doing it. So because of that, um, the water isn't even reaching these cracks, right? Mm -hmm. So anyways, I guess I'm like, what I'm trying to say is like, even if there is cracks, it's not that big of a deal. If you, if you, if they're behind the walls and you don't know about them, don't go looking for them. Unless it's your own property and you're buying it and keeping it as a rental property, then I would recommend it's better to be safe than sorry in the future. Pull the drywall all down if you suspect that there are cracks. Repair them, reframe it, put the drywall back up and, and whatever. But for us, we do keep a budget for random things that we cannot see or that we might miss. Um, and that's kind of factored into our profit spread. And if it happens, then, you know, it chews into our profit a little bit. But there's always enough there to, to kind of protect us so that we don't eat our butts. Bite our butts? Eat our, eat our butts. Right. Bite your butts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do I don't know where we are, so you got to take. Uh, yeah, I got her. Um, do we have a new listener? Julian? Julian, you want me to read it? Yeah. I have been listening to your podcast, found out about you at the Flip Tour 4.0 with Calvin. We just bought a house that has a legal basement suite and we live there. Not sure. Congrats. If, not, not sure if we should rent or Airbnb. We are leaning towards short-term rental because we don't want people to destroy our home. Any suggestions? Uh, I think that's... And please take, I hope you've been listening long enough so you know, so you know us well enough. Um, because if you're, if you just met me, then you probably think I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> my preface, uh, I would, I would strongly recommend getting, um, some basic education on real estate investing. 
because just that, uh, the way that you said that just tells me that you're not 100% confident with, with getting into real estate investing quite yet. Um, when I hear people say, I don't want people to destroy our home or I don't want people to trash the place. It just means that you just need to do a little more research into property management and, and how to do it properly so that things like that don't happen or the probability of that happening is significantly lower. And if it does happen, that you have all of the means to rectify it, rectify it take care of it and hold them responsible for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a business. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like not, it's, it's, it's like not opening up a bank because you're afraid that people are going to rob it. Like how often does it get robbed? Really? That's a terrible example. Yeah. But, uh, it, it's, I, I wish I had a better one um, on the fly, but truthfully, um, and I'm not, and I'm not shitting on short-term rentals either, but short-term rentals is completely different. It's a completely different animal. And you're either going to have to learn one or the other. You're either going to have to learn how to do, you know, long-term buy and holds, or you're going to have to learn how to do short-term rentals. Either or you need education for either of them. I think that short-term rentals um, I'm, I'm more concerned about you getting into short-term rentals than I am you getting into long-term rentals because long-term, uh, buy and hold is more common and well-known and you're far less likely to screw it up because there's more people that kind of know about it as opposed to short-term rentals. It's like, <sighs> I don't even know that much about short-term rentals. It's, it's so different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we talked about it very briefly yesterday. I think a lot of people, they look at it and they think they see it as a lower risk just because naturally they're like, oh, if someone stays longer, they're going to trash it. But if it's shorter, the likelihood of them trashing it is less, which is just not a logical, you know, view. Um, <clears throat> so where do we direct them for this? Is, ah, God, sorry. Where do we direct them for like basic knowledge? Okay. Um, we need to do a boot camp. Yeah, we do. We need to do another basic training. There, that's the answer right there. Um, what I would like is Julian continue to keep tuning in every morning for now and ask us every single question that you have about becoming a landlord. That's what this is here for. Every morning, come with a question. Come with two if you need to. And all that I ask is that you please do not be concerned about whether it is an, you know, a newbie question or that, you know, people are going to judge you because there is new people on the show and there are seasoned people on the show and we all started somewhere. Okay. Um, so what I would highly recommend to get started is just come in here every morning and just ask questions. Um, or you need to make a decision today about whether you're going to do short-term rentals or you're going to do long-term rentals. But Yeah, it, it's got to be one or the other, but don't try and learn both because it's going to be way if you're just getting into this and you're trying to learn two separate strategies from scratch, you're going to paralyze yourself and you're not going to do anything. Yeah. So it's my opinion that when you're getting started, I think you should start with long-term buy and hold. Um, it's significantly easier and you have us literally every morning for free coaching. So, uh, and then long-term, mid to long-term, Gabby and I are going to plan and schedule our next basic training event. 
um, which will be either a five day or a one day um, boot, boot camp style um, event for new investors on how to get started. Either that or we got to do a property management one, which I, I really don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The reason why I, I huffed and I puffed originally there was because um, I don't like, we don't really have, we don't really have um, a getting started as a landlord kind of workshop, right? And maybe that means we need to do one in the future. The, on, the only suggestion I have is to join our mentorship program. And I don't want someone to say, we just bought a house. And we need to learn how to become a landlord or how to do short-term rentals. And then be like, oh, sure, join our $10,000 mentorship program. Like, you're just, you're not there yet. You know what I mean? You're not ready. And so that that tells me that I need to fill a gap. Um, the, the best advice that I have, though, is, is just to keep tuning in and get free coaching every morning. Yep. Um, Julian's trying to call in here. And you know what? You know what? I could be completely wrong. And maybe I read that question all wrong and I'm nowhere near the bottom of the comments. Oh, no, they don't want to call in. Um, can you f- check the yeah, bottom of the no. comments? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> That's what I got from it, though. Said that they uh, took a course um, through Mel and Dave, but that's it. So. Okay. Um, one but other. Th- was there courses on like seller financing and stuff like that? Or was it buying? Or, a- yeah. Or was it on? being a landlord. <laughs> yeah. Um, Their courses are a little gimmicky. Uh, not gimmicky, but they're... Um, like directed at sp- specific... Specific stuff. Yeah. Or you can join their big mentorship program as well. Um, yeah. It, it, I think that the best approach... I really need, just need to make a decision and say it. Uh, <laughs> it's is just to keep calling in every morning and get your questions answered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also as um, a new landlord, um, and Julian, I'm not sure if um, you're actually in Edmonton or if you traveled to do the flip tour, but if you are in Edmonton, um, for new landlords, um, apparently the city of Edmonton puts on a decent little like basics of landlording course to make sure that you know like the ins and outs of like the different types of contracts and the different, um, you know, rules that you need to follow and that the tenants need to follow and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of people I've heard have, have taken it and found great value in it as new landlords who don't understand, you know, who have those, oh my God, is the tenant going to destroy my place? Like that's such a common thing for new people to say, but as a seasoned landlord, it's such a frustrating thing to hear. Yeah. Because it's just lack of of, confi- of knowledge and confidence. Yeah. That's all that it is. And I mean, like to me, the like reading your question initially, I'm like, long term rental. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to Airbnb, you know, a suite in my own personal residence where I don't know who's coming and going all the time. Like, oh, is it going to be partiers this time, or is it going to be somebody quiet? Is that's gonna... just that's the other end of the yeah. Yeah. So like for me, I'm just like long term rental, and plus. I, it's just like the nice, safe, easy thing to do. Yeah. To me, I'm like, that's the easy way. <laughs> yeah. Whereas other, whereas like you're looking at it in a different scope. And I think that just comes from, from lack of knowledge and literally and every brand new investor yeah. says this exact same thing. Yeah. I don't want people to destroy it. 
Yeah. Uh, we said it or yeah. very early on. Exactly. Yeah. We said those words yeah. um, until you, you really start to understand it. So, you know, we have done master classes in the past about um, screening tenants mm-hmm. and finding the right tenants. Yeah. We've done Friday live trainings on screening tenants. So what I think what we'll do tomorrow, because we're, we're right at the one hour mark right now, and I want to get through the rest of the comments. What we'll do tomorrow is um, Gabby will share some tips on screening tenants tomorrow. I made oh, a note wow. of it. Okay. And what's that? Do I need to like prep for this? No, I mean, you're, you're a master. <laughs> she literally, she's, she, was, she was screening tenants today or yesterday. Sorry. Yes. Um, we, we've got vacancies um, this past month and next month. Um, but I will tell you, I'll give you this confidence right now. For the amount of properties that we have and the amount of tenants that we've gone through over the last almost 10 years. Um, how many times have we had a tenant that trashed the place? Trashed. No, destroyed. Never. Never. We had one tenant that was an absolute slob. Um, and there were flies everywhere because they were just extremely dirty people. And we caught it very quickly within a few months because of our systems. Um, what's that? Because of our systems. Because of our systems, preventative systems. <laughs> so what we do is we do quarterly inspections. So every three months we go in and we do an inspection to you know conduct repairs and maintenance. Um, and we give them a two week notice. And we give them a two week notice. Hey, we're going to be coming in on um, July fourteenth. And we're going to be doing a quarterly inspection and they know about it because we, we tell them right when they move in that we do quarterly inspections to make sure that, you know, the house is in good repair and, and, you know, we're also conducting regular maintenance. And, uh, when we did that, um, they did not, even with a two week notice, they did not clean the place. It was disgusting. And, uh, with that, we had enough ammunition to get them out immediately. Right. So that was the worst one we ever had. We've never had someone destroy our place. When you're trying to avoid that, what you need to do is you need to screen them properly. So Gabby has a series of different um, screening techniques in order to make sure that we we reduce the likelihood of a bad tenant getting in as much as possible. There is always the possibility of it, even with good screening that, you know, we had that one tenant come through and they were just absolute slobs. Um, uh, but we, we also know how to get them out quickly. So, you know, I, I imagine that we will eventually probably make a mistake and someone will slip through the cracks, but even when they do, there's insurance and there's ways to take them to court and get all your money back and get them to pay for it. So it's just a matter of getting the right education and experience and learning how to, how to deal with it, how to prevent it, and then how to deal with it if it does happen. And then you'll start to realize that it's the, the probability is actually quite low. So. Um, stay tuned, keep coming in every morning, keep asking questions. And then tomorrow we'll talk about screening, uh, tenants to give you a little more assurance. And then, yeah, I think that, I, I think that by the end of the week, you'll be ready to go, um, and, and fill in that suite right away. Congratulations on buying it though. Mm-hmm, I think that's absolutely. fantastic. Yep. Okay. All right. I have to skim through. No, you don't. You can skim through after and save anything. Okay, cool. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Have a great um, Thursday, you guys. Uh, what, what are you trying to... Sh- Can we get a little bye-bye toot-toot? <laughs> All right, give her a little bye-bye toot-toot. <laughs> toot-toot. <laughs> Bye now. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. 
to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 